Welcome to the Mission Advancement Podcast, where we attempt to address the stigmas around nonprofit fundraising through the lens of the power of relationships. Your mission is worth advancing, and we're here to help you fund your mission for good. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Mission Advancement Podcast. Um, I'm Lacey Young, and I'm excited to be joined today with founder and chairman of Mission Advancement, Skylar Lehman. Greetings. <laughs> hey, Skylar. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're so happy to have you on. This is a, a long time coming in our in our short life of our podcast, but we're happy to have you here to talk um, a little bit about getting inside the mind of a major donor. Ah, uh, yes. yes. A topic that I love to talk yes, about. Yes, you do. Yeah. But I can't, I can't have you here and not talk about getting inside your mind for a little bit. So the, the mission advancement story, getting inside Skylar Lehman's mind. Talk a little bit about why you started Mission Advancement and what does relationship-based fundraising mean to you? So I really uh, spent most of my career, even to this day, most of my career, the majority of it has been working for other companies in this field. And uh, I started right out of college, you know, not knowing anything about what I was really doing other than I was, I took a job to get suit money and uh, <laughs> uh, like a lot of kids do. And uh, lo and behold, I found myself kind of uh, painting myself into this fundraising career um, path. And uh, so all uh, I learned through uh, the lens of other companies and the way that they presented these things. But as, as my career matured and as, as I was kind of crossing that 15, 20 year mark uh, and doing what, um, doing this crazy work, uh, fundraising, uh, I began to find myself um, kind of self-selecting into the niche of major and principal gift fundraising. Okay. And so I had most passion about that particular aspect of, of what it is we were doing. Uh, and so, and like a lot of people do when they work for other companies, you always think, wow, someday maybe I'll do this on my own. And mm -hmm. I always kind of thought that for a long time. Um, and, uh, and it wasn't until, you know, 2005 really when that began to take place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. And uh, you know, me being at mission advancement for eight years now and learning so much from you about what does that mean to look at a major principal donor that that's really what it's all about. And, you know, here on the podcast, every episode we do turns back to relationships because that's what everything's all about. And the relationships you have with those major people make or break kind of everything. It it really is. Um, it's the it's the anchor of almost any nonprofit organization's revenue stream, at least philanthropic revenue stream, is yeah. that relationship based element. And and you know the other reason why I think that's this is the right niche for mission advancement going forward is, and, and I recognize that someday somebody might listen to this uh, and think you know that uh, I was describing the buggy whip here, but uh, <laughs> this seems to be the only part of our industry that at least for the foreseeable future won't be replaced by technology. Right. Uh, people don't make decisions to give uh, seven and eight figure gifts through social media, right. through texting. Absolutely. <laughs> or, uh, through AI, like things like right. that. It's gonna be it person to person. Comes through a very deep personal relationship with a mission and, yeah. their, and its leadership. I love that. So again, you mentioned this at the top of the episode of, this is a topic you've talked about a lot, you know, getting inside the mind of a major donor. And so I want to start just kind of with a simple thing of what is major? Why do we call it that? Or maybe sometimes why do we not call it that? Yeah. So uh, every organization 
uh, uses the term major gift, I think, mm-hmm. and it means something different to that organization. For for one organization, it could mean a $100,000 gift or larger. For another, it could mean a $1,000 gift or larger. So it, it is a relative term. I would, uh, if I were going to kind of put a parenthetical statement after the term major, I would say uh, ma- major represents your top, say, somewhere between 50 and 100 donors in the organization. And uh, so regardless of what size of gift that might mean, uh, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it, it's one that would probably represent the top echelon of your, of your support base. Yeah, and so there's got to be different strategies for those different areas within the donor base, like you said. Um, let's talk a little about who's the customer. When, if you're a nonprofit leader listening to this right now and you're thinking, okay, I've got only, you know, I've got 150 donors total, and Skylar just told me that the top this many is our major, you know, who's the customer that they should be looking at right now? Well, every nonprofit organization would um, identify a customer that would probably be right at the target, right in the crosshairs of what their mission is about. So, you know, if you're a, if they're a homeless mission, they would say it's homeless women, men, and children that would be our customer. But what almost no nonprofit organization thinks about is the that is the group of people who, through their generosity and commitment to wanting to see that primary mission flourish, provide, you know, the necessary financial resources to make it so. In other words, their donor base. And that really is a second customer, mm-hmm. if you will, if we can use that term. I know it sounds um, a little odd sometimes in the nonprofit world to describe them that way. Um, but, uh, and, and, if, and if they are a customer, meaning if there's somebody that uh, it is incumbent on us to serve, mm-hmm. then... Um, then there should be a mission behind it. And, uh, and, and the extent to which that mission is carried out oftentimes leads to um, the successful funding of that particular organization. Yeah, absolutely. So I know, you know, when we talk about kind of the, the different levels of giving and what that looks like and why people give, why, what do you think the motivations are for major donors and why is that unique? Why is that different? So l- large, um, large Financial decisions, uh, this is true in, in everyone's life, um, require a whole lot more thought uh, and discernment and prayer. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're a praying person, uh, certainly all those factors come into play. Um, think about, you know, going to the grocery store and you're, you know, checking out and, uh, you know, you look down and you see gum and you're like, oh, yeah, you just grab it and throw it up there. You don't, you don't check the price of the gum. You're right. not, you know, it's just, just a... It's a, it's a transactional decision yeah. that really... Close to the register purchase. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, and then there are, are, are financial decisions that maybe require just a moment's um, thought and consideration. Maybe you do look at the price of the, uh, of the filet mignon before right. you put it in the cart. And, uh, you know, is this $20 a pound or is this $10 a pound mm-hmm. kind of stuff? And then there are the very large financial decisions in one's life that that require much more discernment. Probably uh, you want to sleep on it and you probably want to talk to those around you and you want to make sure that it's going to be a very wise choice to invest your resources in that Mm -hmm. particular thing. Philanthropy is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, People, you know, I think uh, as I talk about um, in in my book and in this slide deck uh, that we've presented many times on this topic, you know, you throw change uh, in the Ronald McDonald slot uh, after you pick up your coffee at the drive-through. You know, in the Ronald McDonald House thing, and uh, we're, that's usually 
uh, almost they're doing us a service by keeping the change out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, the other kinds of gifts that we make are, are gifts where somebody might say, hey, can I have a, a hundred bucks to uh, uh, help fund my mission trip next year? And those are, we think for a moment, but we probably make those gifts. When, when very large gifts are being requested, and I'm going to I'm going to say, I'm going to describe them as probably at least five-figure gifts okay. uh, to donors, but oftentimes larger than that. It requires uh, a much more uh, thoughtful discernment, mm. prayer, you know, time and advice from those around you to ultimately lead to those kinds of decisions. One thing I know that I've heard you say before, and we've talked about this a lot with many clients, is that we, we truly know that most people are not giving to capacity. Why do you think that is? Um, very few people truly do give everything that they can because, um, number one, um, they may not have been engaged in the right way. Mm. So most people could give multiples of what they actually give. It's not true for everyone because there may be somebody listening to this that truly does give everything they can, and, and God bless them if, if, uh, if they do. Um, but uh, most people have room to grow, and the idea is, if uh, if a nonprofit mission or the leadership of that can engage you in such a way that creates a desire in you to want to give more, you probably can. Mm. And that's the premise of what we do through relationship-based fundraising is we believe that there's room to grow. We just haven't figured out how to create that desire in donors to mm-hmm. do so. Yeah. I think, you know, a common mistake is that we treat everybody the same. And we think that everyone has the same motivation to give and everybody maybe can give the same amount when we may be asking the same group of people for a thousand dollars for one person, that thousand dollars may be a seven figure gift in their mind, but to someone else, it's a rounding error. It's like picking up the gum. They'll never notice it. That's right. The, the premise of inside the mind of a major donor, um, is, you know, was, uh, intended. I intended to write a book on that very topic mm-hmm. and I ended up changing it and, and, and including some along that topic. But it was that what we see too often is nonprofit organizations only look at things from their own perspective and haven't ever considered the, the role of uh, or the perspective of the donor. So in other words, they're all about this is what we need and this is the story that we need to tell. So imagine if you're meeting a new friend and all you do when you meet with this new friend the first time and you meet with them for an hour is you tell them only your story mm. and you tell them everything about you and everything that you think is interesting about you. And, uh, and, and then you leave thinking, well, I, I think that new friend is probably going to love me because I'm, I'm such an interesting story to tell and I have such a compelling story around my life. And you would be dead wrong if that was the case, right? I think the person would probably leave thinking, wow, what a self-absorbed person. Never took a moment to ask me a question or get to know me. Mm -hmm. And so what does a nonprofit organization look like Mm -hmm. through the eyes of the donor? Mm. Um, Yeah. I think learning why why they love you and gaining what their interests and their passion levels are, sometimes we take it for granted because they already give. Oh, they love us because they love our mission as a whole, but there may be something that they um, that they want to be a part of. And when we when we look at how do you assess donors' passions and interests, how do you figure out who they are, you have to ask those questions. You can't just be right. talking about the mission the whole time. So this goes back to something you said a minute ago of that second customer. We have to have a strategy for them. It can't just be, here's our mission. It's so great. Please give to us. 
It's got to be, here's our mission. It's so great. And I know you love this piece of it. Mm. And you have shown me that you want to be a part of it. Now I'm going to in turn show you how your gift is going to make a difference. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, a lot of donors would would tell you that, you know, they choose to support uh, nonprofit missions that they do in spite of the way that they've been treated, maybe. Mm, um, right. You know, they believe they would be critical of how many times they've been asked and how little uh, follow-up and kind of reporting out or, you know, accountability there is for the gifts that they've received, but they still believe in the mission and they still do it. So the, the logic here is that if you make this an amazing experience for a donor where we truly know them and understand them and serve their passions, interests, and needs, think of how much better the experience could be and mm-hmm. uh, for the donor to where they're not doing it in spite of the organization. They're doing it largely because of right. the way they're treated and the way they're engaged. I love that. So a couple of different times on the podcast, we've talked about donor fatigue and how, you know, I think, you know, Angel and I have talked about how we don't believe that that's a real thing, that we think it's actually people are underwhelmed as donors. They're not fatigued that you keep asking. They're just underwhelmed of how they're treated. And so just like you said, we, we have to focus on that. And nonprofit leaders need to make sure that that's something that they're thinking of all the time, especially when we're talking about major gifts that can can move the needle in a different direction. So when we do this, we always look at donor planning, right? We say we have to look at the full story. And so, you know, the elements of a story that you've talked about a lot, people have seen you speak on this before, but kind of quickly just go over the elements real quick. Um, and then I want to kind of we'll do a little pop quiz on what's the most important one. And we'll go into that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, you have to go back to your, you know, uh, high school creative writing class, probably mm-hmm. to remember these things. But, you know, obviously there's uh, uh, characters in a story and there's a setting, but then the, the the real elements of the story are the plot, the conflict, and the resolution. Yep. And, um, you know, I remember learning that and remember, you know, applying it and kind of constructing a story and uh, and that kind of thing. And and uh, and it helps to think about the way that you engage a donor in mm. that in that same manner. You, you try not. You, you really can't do everything in a single paragraph. And when you're writing a story, you really can't do everything uh, with a donor in a single meeting. And so mm-hmm. the idea then is to plan out how that looks and what are we trying to achieve in in this particular interaction. And when I see them next week at uh, an activity that's going on for our organization, what would I do with them differently there to kind of move them through the storyline or the plan that we've Mm. laid out for engaging them more deeply? Yeah, I love that. Um, We're going to come back. I'm going to bring you back and talk about a little bit more about this on a different episode because I think the biggest piece that we forget is that a donor wants to solve the conflict of the story. So guys, stay tuned. We're going to talk more about inside the mind of a major donor with Skylar and really dig into why do we have to even present a conflict and then how is the donor the one to solve it? Look for Skylar's books. They're on Amazon. You can find the links on our website as well. But thank you so much for being here with me today, Skylar. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. We'll have you back on for sure. Um, Guys, visit us at missionadvancement.com and check out um, Skylar's book, The Perfect Campaign, and all of our other books. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Mission Advancement Podcast. Be sure to check out our website at missionadvancement.com for additional content. And never forget that your hard work in nonprofit is changing lives every day. Keep funding your missions for good. We'll see you next time.